3D6 Down the Line. Hey everybody, welcome back to 3D6 Down the Line. We are continuing after a long, too long, two-week break for episode 34 of our Mega Dungeon Crawl of the Halls of Ardenvul. Uh, Rich, by Richard Barton using a heavily modified version of the old school essential system by Gavin Norman, otherwise known as Necrotic Gnome. I am your referee for the evening. My name is John. Going around the horn, we have... Hi, I'm Mike. I play Gorand the Dwarf. I'm David. I play Onweir the Illusionist. I am Matt. I play the left hand of Lysion, Avaricios, fifth level cleric, and uh, um, uh, I think I'm about to become more important with some uh, new information that we're going to be sharing. <laughs> Probably true. And last but not least, we would normally have Ted playing Mortis J. Gobliano, but uh, he is unfortunately dead to us tonight. So screw That's him. And we can very good impression, John. You like that? That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah. Okay. So uh, episode 34. Sorry. So it's been so long, everybody. Um, we're going to pick up right where we left off. However, there is one major rules change that I have decided to adopt. I don't think anyone's going to be too angry because you know what it is. It's going to put everyone. <laughs> <laughs> David is really Whatever into this rule. Did, David, stop it. Stop yeah. it. I, I didn't do anything. I swear. <laughs> what just happened? Wow. <laughs> David, I'm for glad those, you brushed your teeth. For today. those listening, oh David gosh. is huge on the screen. Now. There, oh, he is back. there, there we go. Okay. What? We're, do we have any idea what triggered that? Because I, I haven't touched the thing. I have no idea. But we're leaving Am it today. I just going to get like a smash cut every few minutes. Something dramatic happens. I'm going <laughs> to pop it in my face. I, I think it's Ted. It's it's the curse of Ted. It's a Ted. Yeah. Anyways, um, so there is one major rules change, but I don't think anyone's going to mind too much because it is going to allow all the audience out there to see a little quick sneak preview of the upcoming Dolman Wood uh, campaign setting that's about to hit Kickstarter very, very soon. Um, I'm going to be adopting the forthcoming optional rule for death that uh, Gavin has devised for specifically for the Dolman Wood campaign setting. It is uh, based upon OSC, obviously, but... Um, Instead of our death and dismemberment rules, which I used to, which we used to use both in Dolmenwood and in Ardenvul, which was Arnold Kemp's from Goblin Punch, which are fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but I like this a lot more because it's very, very quick. There's no need to roll on separate charts, um, and it is extremely deadly, um, but uh, also gives them. It's not as cruel as rules as written, which is just death at zero. So. Um, you guys can see it up there. This is off of the other Combat Matters chapter of the players, the upcoming players book. Um, I happen to have access to this because I was a Patreon for a long time. Um, so frankly, I deserve it, really. It's, uh, it's, so it's the death's door rule there on the lower left-hand corner. So um, you don't die at zero hit points. When you are reduced to zero hit points, you, uh, you fall unconscious and you're going to basically die without either bandaging or magical aid. Um, the rule as written here is only with magical aid. So each round, you have a two and six chance of straight up dying. That means that's a 33% chance every single round that you're, when, uh, when it comes up, that you may die. So that's, that's the really, really nasty part, because that is not a small chance. Um, if you receive healing, uh, magical healing of some sort... <laughs> David's big again. <laughs> We're taking I, this seriously, I, John. I, I promise. Think, I think I might know what's happening, but it's a very weird trigger. Uh, okay, I can discuss it. live. Uh, moving my mouse from one monitor to the other seems to have triggered a 
a push in, but okay. it doesn't happen again on the way to up. Oh. Okay. Give us one I'm moment, sorry, folks. I use dual monitors, apparently. <laughs> give, it, give, us, give us one second. We're going to fix, yeah. fix this technical issue. Give us one moment. Okay. Sorry about that. I think we fixed David's uh, video issues, though they were pretty hilarious. But uh, <laughs> anyways, okay. I'm going to sum this up real quick. We're going to get through this, but it's um, it's important. So the death door rule. So you hit zero. You're going to fall unconscious. Uh, you will die if you uh, cannot succeed at a two and six. Uh, there's a two and six chance that you will die every single round. If you receive magical aid, that'll bring you back up to one hit point in conscious. However, the result of receiving the magical aid when you are mortally wounded like that is you is that you lose one point permanently from a random ability score. It's nasty. Um, awesome. That's super we, nasty. That's I actually worse. <laughs> I think I would rather just die. <laughs> I am, I am um, adding a mitigating factor as well, though. Uh, this was actually brought up by Mike, which I think uh, I, I do think is um, good, which is bandaging, the, the ability to bandage. So if you if you do have bandages on you and um, or can make them, uh, you can apply the bandages, which will then leave the person unconscious, but they will no longer have to make the two and six roll. So they are stable, basically, but they are not conscious. Um, however, you cannot bandage during combat. It takes one full turn to apply bandages correctly in order to save someone like that. All right. So it's still extremely deadly, not like 5e, where you can just bandage someone and they're stabilized in the middle of combat. So this is sort of like you still have to get through combat, making those two and six rolls. Pray that your cleric's still up that can still heal you, although maybe you don't want him to because you'll lose that ability score. <laughs> mm. um, and so basically, dropping below zero is still super nasty. It's just very nasty in a different sort of way than the death and dismemberment rules. Yeah, Mike. Can I take a feat to be able to bandage in combat? No. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Okay. So, uh, where were we? All right. So it is. David has a question. Yeah. Uh, another question. I was editorializing a bit. I do uh, find it a bit suspicious that you are changing the death rules right before we try to escape this hellhole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there, there wasn't a good time. I don't know what's in your mind, but, but I know what it conveys to me, John. Well, if any, any of you have been watching this show for any long period of time, there is literally no at no point where the, an introduction to that rule would be would be welcome. <laughs> Okay. Very true. Very true. So that's all uh, right. We we so, we got this. It's okay. We'll, we'll now this, this actually is a question, though. Now we no longer have like the chance to be burned or the concussion or any of that. The only if you die, if you go to zero and then you brought back up, the only uh, impact is the ability score loss, right? That's correct. Yeah. Although I mean, you okay. know, obviously, if there's circumstances warrant, like if if you're dropped below zero because you took an acid bath, yeah, there's going to be some acid problems <laughs> after, <Right>. afterwards. You know. <laughs> No, um, no, he, I, you know, I got fair, like, No, he's back. Uh, David's he's back, back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. I have no idea what's causing this, um, but I love it personally. So <laughs> this could be a new feature. Slide away from your desk, man. Slide away from your desk. All right, uh, we'll but, be right. Um, we'll be right back. <clears throat> okay, uh, we're back again. Hopefully, we've got David uh, stable now, but we'll see. Okay, so okay, it is the. It's the twenty fifth of Lagarios. Um, it's close to about 9 a.m. in the morning. They are currently uh, in Plunger Town. They have just left the uh, dead 
body of Isocritus back in the stacks of the Library of Thoth after Garelad himself uh, was worried about those weird creatures, those weird, weird baboon cubs that were sort of stalking towards him. From those stacks, he sort of retreated and left Isocritus to his fate, although he does not know what Isocritus's fate is. But he obviously did not like being in that library. Um, however, in, in the interim, as Garelad was making his way back to his chambers, Onweir struck again. Uh, and uh, Isocritus is dead on the ground. So we have... Goodbye, Isocritus. <laughs> Okay, uh, at the same time, um, they had called for uh, Cisco to gather up as many baboons as possible to go back to the magical laboratory and seal up that secret entrance because um, Garalad and Isocritus had uh, deduced uh, correctly that uh, the escaped prisoners had returned, most likely. Um, and they also deduced, because there's not really too much to deduce, why they would have come back, which is for the spellbooks. Um so that's the situation right now. They have literally just exited. Things are very, very tense because they don't know precisely where Garelad is. They know he's somewhere to the east. They know that Cisco is momentarily distracted far away to the northwest with some contingent of baboons. Um, the strange hooded sort of undead baboons that were in the library seem to have fallen over dead and inanimate. Um, and... Uh, and you don't know what to make of those strange baboon cubs that were sort of uh, saying, known, known, need new, need new. But uh, you have run out of there. So I'm going to switch this over to Albert here. Um, and yeah, they we are... are very happy to leave that uh, mystery where it is right now. Right. So you guys are right here. Now, uh, you could hear noise. Uh, for, okay, so... Uh, Let's, let's just go over the state of things right now quickly. Um, so Gorand, Avaricios, and Onward, the three that we have here, are actually the three that are currently invisible. Okay? In all different levels of, like, uh, like the length of that. Okay? So right now, I know for a fact that um, Onward's invisibility, this is his last, that is brought to him by Laryl's cloak, will last for two more turns. Okay? Mm -hmm. Um uh, Gorin's is a potion, so we don't know when uh, Gorin, when Gorin's will end. Um, Avaricios is using the ring, um, and he'll be invisible until basically, right? You either either uh, Yost right. yeah ends it or you attack. Um, yeah, um, and there is currently a silence spell as well. Right. That is so, on uh, Gorind. That is on Gorind. Okay, that's good to know. Okay, so that that has a, a bunch of turns left on it. So you're all very very quiet. All of this happened in complete silence, basically, except for the quick, uh, you know, ugh, from Isocritus. Um, and you're all uh, invisible as well. Okay, uh, the retainers are way back in the entrance to the uh, pyramid room which is what you're trying to go back to is what, what I understand you're going to attempt to retreat. You have stuffed yes. Laryl's sack with a shitload of valuable books, Trusty's spell book, Onweir's missing spell book, Isocritus's spell book, right? And um, I did make a mistake. Um, it's actually a misprint in the book. You don't have 14 valuable books. You have 13 valuable books. So if there is a, a slot thing going on there, you should probably reduce it by one. Cool. Um, and... 
we uh i have that onweir is carrying laryl's sack now in two hands which is what's required for the sack and uh uh, Gorand and Avaricios are actually hauling in between them the large mirrored uh, convex uh, mirror device, right? So as you guys are all leaving, right, you're basically like, you know, like, like, uh, what do you call it? Like, Onwir's just like, with the, with the sack, and then, uh, and then um, uh, Gorand and Avaricios are sort of like, you know, dragging this big mirror behind them as well. Yeah, David? Quick question. Mm. When we looted Isocritus, I don't believe his clothes were mentioned as an object within that list, unless I'm recalling incorrectly. I mean, presumably he has robes, yes? Yeah. Could I... Do, I, I do, do remember you saying you were taking his clothes. because I was going to put clothes. his robes on real quick. I was just going to throw it over my body real quick, just in case, as a last-minute like contingency. Is that something I can do without it taking like a full turn? Uh, not a full turn. I don't think you would be able to like, they're so elaborate, right? There's so many like pieces and parts of it that you could, you could certainly just throw on the main body piece, you know, the main garment okay. itself, yeah. but it, it's not going to look like all fully arranged and looking nice, but at a quick so, glance, like, from, I just want to, yeah, I just want like a silhouette from a hundred yards that if I, for some reason, pop visible, I don't immediately, you know, that's sure. my thought. So it was possible for me to just like, you know, like a bathrobe, throw that on really quick before grabbing the sack and going, I would have. Absolutely. Yeah. I had uh, I had one more question, John. Just because we have all this invisibility going on, mm -hmm. um, we're carrying stuff, right? The, and like for the for the disco ball, for example, two people, two invisible people are carrying that. Is it visible in between us, or because it's being carried, is it enveloped in the the magic of our spells? It's, it's a little weird. It, it's uh yeah, it's it's a personal possession on you right now, so it's 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 invisible. Everything's invisible. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, awesome. That's yeah. that's good. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, that's what's, that's what's happening right now. So you're, 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 you know, you're like, you're loaded for bear. I'm not saying you're like moving really slowly, but you have to move carefully because you've got all this stuff on you, but you're invisible and you're quiet. Right. So what do you do? Uh, I would very much, I'm, I'm sorry, like, uh, uh, I don't, I'm worried that I don't know how long my, my invisibility lasts. So this, can we just keep that in mind? <laughs> I mean, we don't have anything else in mind but to get the hell out of here the way that we came in. Okay. I, I think the only thing that we need to do is put you in front because you can see and mm -hmm. we can't. So we got to do like a little chain with you in front, me on the other side of the disco ball, and you mm -hmm. kind of like leaning up against my, my back, I guess. Well, so I guess we the, thing, the cool thing about having the disco ball between us is like if I stop, you'll feel it, right? Like, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. So uh, Gorin will lead the way using dark vision while the rest of you are following blindly. Um, I am going to say that because e even with Gorin's um, navigation that you guys cannot, uh, you would trip over anything basically that would be in your way. You know what I mean? That sort of thing. But you're silent. So that's a good thing. Um, okay. So what is your movement normally like as if you weren't loaded down with the ball? I, I think, think we were, we were all at ninety. No, I thought we were at one twenty because we stripped down in the uh, in the pyramid room. Uh, they kept I, I, pretty sure. I was okay. at uh, I was at ninety. 90 uh, I, then I'm probably at ninety two because I wouldn't have dropped my weapons and. It's okay, and I just need to know the slowest. So if the slowest is ninety, I'm going to say mm -hmm. that when you're when you've got the um, the ball in between you, that you're down to sixty. Okay. okay. So and and you're also blind too, so you have to move a little bit slower. 
Um, now, uh, are you going to be backtracking the exact same way, like uh, along that northwestern part of the diamond, right? So when I get to that intersection, John, I'm going to look, and if I don't see any heat signatures in that hallway, yes, that's the way we're going to go. Okay, so um, you move north that uh, 50 feet north uh, down that that passageway. You can hear from like directionless, basically, you can hear the hooting and howling of baboons off in the distance, okay? Um, uh, away beyond you, what, what is that, approximately 50, 60, 70 feet, um, uh, you can see that, that uh, 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 cone, not cone, um, the beam of light that's coming straight down in the middle beyond, okay? And you can see that there are, um, you, you can see shadowy figures scampering across that light every once in a while, like going backwards and forwards. Matt was very generous to remind us that he had an alarm set uh, where the retainers were. Right, on the, so on the door. If yeah. yeah, if there's any interaction, I just wanted to throw it out there again for John's sake and everyone else's. If any interaction happens with the retainers, we would be alerted prior. Yeah. Correct, okay. Matt? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it was, uh, it's the alarm spell. I can cast it through uh, Shrieker, the, the sling. And... Uh, I, um, the way that it works, you can set it to either do uh, an audible alarm that is loud or that you can just hear. So I set it to do the silence so that only Avaricios would hear if it. Uh, and what's, what's the, the trigger? What triggers the alarm? Uh, if someone uh, goes into that door, like if that door is breached. If that door is breached, I, got it. Okay, yeah. cool. All right. So uh, seeing this figure is ahead of you in the actual well of light room itself, Corin, are you going to go along the Northwestern passageway then? Yeah, exactly. We're going to continue up on that. Maybe when we get to the little station of the cross room right there, like I'll take a, a brief pause and everyone can just to do a listen, you know, or maybe, yeah, like I want to assess at the station of the cross room and then assess again at, at the intersection. Okay. So uh, intersection. moving to the, the intersection where you first, you were first at it takes one turn okay okay um to get up to get up to here or to the corner uh back back to the uh the main oh, intersection here. there yeah that's okay six, that's 60 feet from the door right okay so um yeah so that's the first turn so then you're okay so you you're slowly moving as quickly as you possibly can uh you know but uh and uh, you're still silent everyone's still invisible um you don't see any heat signatures uh gorned um and but you can tell that you're at that um at that station of the cross Okay. What do you want to do? Um, I just want to listen real quick and see if I hear anything closer than the hoots in the distance that you were describing before. Okay. Uh, why don't you... I just want to point out... Sorry, I just want to point out I have two turns on my invisibility, so we don't have time to actually be cautious here. It's a sprint situation, which is okay. what we talked about. Because I will be, so, I will be so, visible... Okay. If it took a turn to get to that juncture, I will be visible like in a matter Damn. of seconds. Right. <laughs> if we so, hang out. Well, so, John... Mm -hmm. We'll we'll skip the assessment at the station of the cross thing, and but I do want to just peek around the corner, uh, yeah, in that northwest intersection before we go running in there. Gotcha. Okay, so uh, right as you are whipping past the station of the cross, and and uh, you can hear like Onwear's like no, you know, you can feel him going like no, 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 don't stop, you know, and um, okay. and you go, um, uh, as you do so, uh, Gorin, you can actually see in your peripheral vision that there is a heat source that appears like directly behind you. And uh, when you whip your head around, uh, Gorand, you can see that Onweir is there in all his glory. <gasps> okay. All right. As, a, um, as another turn goes by. Okay, yeah. cool. So let's keep um, going. 
Um, and then as you turn around yourself, uh, both Onweir and uh, Avaricios, you see Gorn pop into existence. Uh -oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I had a feeling that might happen. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. well, we're still silent, guys. We're, we're still, still silent. silent. We're still, still, still silent. Yeah. We just got to get around the corner. We just got to get around the corner, right. baby. John, yes. I'm going to do a quick peer around the corner before we go. Sure thing. So the, it's kind of a, a, a funny looking situation now because um, Avaricios is the only invisible one. So Goran, you're basically <laughs> holding like the front end of this ball. And the, like the other end of it's just sort of hanging. It makes you look like you're super strong because you're basically just dragging this thing behind you. <laughs> Happy to make you look buff, my friend. Happy yeah, to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, okay. Anything behind the door or beyond that intersection? Okay. As you approach the intersection, before you peer around the corner, Gorand, you can actually, oh. you do hear uh, a sound coming from the west. Um, and it is the sound of low snuffling uh yeah and you at the so it's like a like definitely not like the sound of like a normal baboon it's like a really like yeah <laughs> and uh, at the same time though accompanied at the same time you could hear a low moaning sound of like a delirious uh like a ma definitely a male sound like a oh oh, oh oh at this coming from the exact same point but the snuffling doesn't appear to be reacting to that sound at all. Okay. That, that's before you hit the corner. Right. Uh, I want to... Get back to, into the Station of the Cross? I don't know, David. I feel like immobility is death. You know? It's, he's coming from the west, though, correct? So he's You don't know if he's coming or if he's just hanging out. He might just be hanging out. Um, John, could you specify, did you say a, the sound was approaching or we just heard the sound? You just heard the sound. It seems to be stationary oh, yeah. at the moment, but this is the very first thing you hear. You have not spent any time listening to it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I want to go peer around the corner. Okay. So you you peek around the corner very, very carefully. Mm -hmm. Oh, we have mirrors. Oh, but we don't have light. Never mind. There's no light. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> As you peer around the corner, you can see uh, basically, what is it, about 25 feet away, right at the door where you know your companions are on the other side of that door. There is a huge four-armed baboon, okay? And uh, he is low to the ground, and he's sort of snuffling around like the base of the, of the door as if he smelled something, okay? Um, at the same time, you can see that one of his arms like the lower set on, on the right side is actually like uh, is actually dragging a, a human form that is in chains. Okay. Once again, you're, you're seeing this in predator vision, right? So you can't really make it out. Um, but you assume that that's the male that you're hearing moaning. Right. Um, and uh, I was going to say, you might recognize the baboon, but I don't think you do with, with dark vision. Uh, like you would only, you would only be able to, yeah, you just see the, Form. Yeah. And it's just sort of. Oh, gosh. Now, uh, now might be the time for that, uh, that bell flinging strategy that uh, David had talked about earlier. <laughs> like, can you, can you like whip it either like down the well towards the well of light or up in that Northeast corridor? 
or here's the here's the over thing. his head into the into the magic room, the anti magic room in the back. So, I have to put down Laro's sack to do this. So I'd have to place it on the ground, John. Grab the sling. So the hands are free. Grab a bell. So the sack is at my feet, which means if he comes our direction and sees me, all is lost potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we have to sling it towards the magic room. Yeah. And then like book it through the silence really quick. Does that make sense, guys? Yes. Yep. 100%. Because I'm worried if he comes our direction, he's just going to see me there. Right. right? And no, me. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Interesting yeah. enough, you, uh, the, the ape, as you're kind of contemplating this and you drop the sack and all that kind of stuff, you get yourself ready. The, uh, the ape yanks a little bit uh, harshly on the chain. Um, and you can actually hear him quietly, like he's whispering. He goes, "Quiet, you!" And he um, and he sort of like cuffs cuffs the guy a little bit, um, who immediately goes like whippers a little bit and then goes quiet. And then okay. he puts like one of his big meaty paws and he goes, "Cisco returns soon." Cool. So <laughs> we'll see if this works. We're again just to describe to everyone what the thinking here is. We are still in a bubble of silence. Yes. But I got several bells and a sling with the intention of tossing them out of the the cone of silence as like a noise distraction, right? Um, I'm going to attempt to toss it past and over his head. So I will aim for what it's worth towards the right, you know, like behind to the right if I'm looking down the hall, John, mm-hmm. right? And above. So I'm kind of, I could try to point it out uh, if I can remember the pointer. You know, if I'm here on the corner, mm-hmm. is that cursor showing? Yep. I'm kind of shooting it in a trajectory towards this direction, right? Rather than trying to like shoot it between him and the door. Does that make sense? For what it's worth. So, that's to try to get thing. it as, as far down over, that over hallway, behind right? him, Because if he hears mm-hmm. it, Right, if it's a fifteen foot cone and he hears it for a second, right behind his behind him, right yep, over his yep. shoulder, mm-hmm. he will he won't immediately know what it is. Is my thinking, and then he'll turn in the direction it goes, rather than being like, "Oh, that came from this exact location." I understand. Yeah, does mm-hmm. it make sense? Okay, mm-hmm. that's my thinking at least, and that's Let's what I'm going to try to do. Let's I'm do doing it. it. Okay, so you toss it, uh, and yeah. this is a, what is this? A bell? You said? Yeah, it's a bell. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Bell and bell and a sling. What's bell how far can you how how far can you whip it on a sling? I mean, it's the size of a rock, presumably just as far. Well, your sling should have ranges, but whatever. Um, oh yeah, my my range, my sling range is. Uh, sorry, actually, I don't have it written down because I'm a terrible player. Horrible. Sorry, gang. Horrible. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't really matter. So you whip you whip it down the corridor, um, and uh, it, it immediately escapes the the silence bubble. Um, but it actually doesn't really make a lot of noise until it actually would hit something, right? So, um, uh, far down the corridor way past that door um it, ding 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 and oof, and he like it he looms up out of his form you know and so like suddenly like all of a sudden like the the blooming light of of his you know of his uh, heat signature just fills up the entire hallway the like, roof um and um you can see he he yanks the prisoner close to him and then at the same time his two top arms he does like a oh like that with his with his chest um and uh uh, he goes, you with me, and he uh, doosh, 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 doosh. and uh, he uh, and he moves down the corridor. 
Okay, we're not waiting. As soon as he's going, no, no, yeah, right. second I go immediately. <laughs> we run, right? And we're yeah. silent, so he won't hear us, like, thumping down the yeah. corridor behind him. Right. But we yeah. got to get to that intersection and then immediately make the left turn into uh, Plunger Town. Right. Plunger so Atlanta. what I'm going to say is is that there he is distracted by the bell, mm-hmm. but his natural inclination will be to turn around. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to basically give uh, – because he's distracted by the bell, I'm going to say that there's only a one in six chance that he turns around. But if he does turn around, he sees you. Okay. Okay. Fair, Fair enough. Right. Okay. Here we go. Rolling a six. So you're you're good to go. So. <laughs> you know, one thing I hate about this is that every number on a D6 is a one in six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're always, Which one's good? Did John mean a one or did he mean a six? We don't know. <laughs> it's always always low for a D6 unless it's initiative. Right. Um, okay, so. Uh, Goran, hang back. Let David go ahead because if we tap on the door, you're silenced. They won't hear it. Sure. Yeah. Let's just go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just get in there. Onward, go ahead. I, I, I run in, I tit, tit, tit on the door, and I, I mean, we don't want him to hear us tapping on the door. I'm not sure. To, no, we it's silence. Oh, her. I see what you're saying. Can, can't we just open the door? Yeah, can we just open the door? Did you, it's not locked, right? They're, we're going to open the door, and they're going to see Ice cry just robes. They're going to tap me in the neck. This is going to be a hilarious <laughs> way for me to die. All right, let's hilarious just go. Come way on, for me guys. To die. Okay, open the door. Right, let's just go. Just okay. open the door. Uh, yeah. Well, it's not that complicated because when you when you decide to open the door outside of silence, um, uh, so you like and you, you you open the door up, uh, it it makes a sound. The door makes a sound. Um, the forearm baboon whips his head around. Whoa! As he looks as as you guys are all piling in at the same time, you are met with the gleaming shine of like what is it? Five weapons. <laughs> <laughs> All, all pointed at you. I'm going to make the exact same call that there's a one in six no. chance that whatever they had ready, because <laughs> they, I told you guys we shouldn't do this, but it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. They're being they're 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 being good retainers, right? You, you know, like they are yeah, defending. Yeah. They are have, on. They I are aware. Four HP. <laughs> one in six chance that they um, that they just immediately react to any intruder coming in. Um, and here we go. A two. We're good to go. Okay. So you uh, you move the door. You're like, hustle, 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 hustle. And you close the door behind you. Um, oh, as you unlock it. Can we lock it, Bart? Uh, there's no lock. I think we just all run as a group as fast as we can towards the pyramid and then defend at the pyramid, not at the door. Right. Does that make sense? Yep, let's do it. Okay. Um, so as you rush in, you, uh, the, uh, you have... Yost and Sam and y'all and Lizbeth and Codswallop and Atticus. I think they're all there, right? You brought yeah. everybody? Yeah. 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 So it's like there's ten, six, ten six retainers. Yeah. They're like, oh, oh, it's you. Why didn't you give the secret? Go, go, go. There's an ape behind us. Go. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. okay. What do you mean there's an ape behind you? Oh, my God. And, the, and so everyone's like booking it as fast as they can. Um, no. And uh, the, the, door as you guys are running as fast as you can like boom just bursts it, it bursts against the wall and shatters as who's there um and as you're running as fast as you can towards the uh thing um so uh you're moving at 60 however if you yeah. want to keep 
keep that ball with you. Uh, give me one second. I'm just going to check the status of this door. Uh, let's see what we got here. Can I just go ahead and tell everyone to catch our flank after we run? Because it's fair to say we ran past everyone and all of the retainers are behind us rather than in front of us. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Love it. In, Love it. in this room, it's continual light, right? So um, mm -hmm. you guys are basically uh, whipping around the corner, uh, at that corner at the, like that first corner out of the room at the time when the door bursts open and, 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 and like splinters fly everywhere. Right. And you can see in all of his glory, you actually recognize this forearm by a boon. It's the other one that you, that you, this was Tres Tresco. This Tresco. is the much older, slightly slower moving one, um, wow. that didn't kill squeegee and, um, and, uh, Yonwin and <laughs> there any more that died at the hands of Cisco. Um, um, <laughs> But uh, at, oh, so this at, is our pal. This is a nice one. Your previous trip to Plunger Town, though, it was Cisco coming from the north that ripped Yonwen in half, then chased Squeegee into the and Squeegee tried to, you know, surrender and then got smushed against the wall. That was all Cisco. Tresco was the one that was coming up from the south, mm -hmm. uh -huh. right at that same time. So that's that. That's that same guy. Okay, um, he's now here. Now, what he's dragging behind him, okay, and who's basically just like like a loose rag, like just, you know, just being yanked by, <laughs> by Tresco as he, um, is, a, a, a poor suffering prisoner. This guy is basically wearing, uh, only like a, a soiled, uh, tunic and breech clout. Um, and, uh, he, uh, is, you could see he's hunched over, but you could tell what, if he was standing normally, he'd be very, very tall, very, very skinny. Um, definitely whiskin. He has a, uh, a ratty, dirty, but blonde top knot, like, you know, like his, head, his, his hair, his hair is a, uh, is, is, his pate is shaved, except he's got like one top knot. Um, but he has a long handlebar, like Fu Manchu thin mustache that drapes down. Okay. Um, and he is dressed in, uh, it, they don't appear to have stripped. Of, oh, I should have said he's not wearing a soil tunic. My, my bad. I forgot that I wrote this down. Um, he's actually wearing a, an ill fitting, like you can see that it doesn't fit him that well. It's like too large for him. A set of set armor, like red armor. Um, mm -hmm. the same, the kind that Samantha is wearing. Um, and he looks extremely malnourished, uh, as if he's kind of been run through the mill, but he's being yanked behind your Tresco as he's like running towards you. Um, and you guys are booking as fast as you can. Um, and do you tell your retainers to defend you or are you telling them to kind of follow you as quickly as you can? Everybody I think we're doing like a str strategic retreat where they're behind us. John, I would also in my, since I'm visible now, I might as well, uh, in my best Isocritus voice say, Tresco, you fool, you've broken our door! And just see if it makes them pause for a second. He's <laughs> <laughs> looking at the back of my robe, right? <laughs> um, okay, so actually what I'm going to do is I'm going to roll 2d6. And that's how many retainers we lose. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, and uh, you see, so what he does is he uh, he comes up short as you yell that out as you guys are running. He like stops and he and he, he like turns his head a little bit. He looks at and he looks down and he goes, "You're not, you're not smart men. You're not <laughs> smart men." Who are you? Uh, Go ahead, buddy. I mean, we're running and yelling this, right? Like this is all kind of in in action. Yeah. Uh, I'll say. I'll say. Um, 
I am the man that will free you from... Uh, fuck, I don't know what I say. Uh, uh, uh... <laughs> <laughs> if he knows I'm not the smart man, that, that, that's, uh, I say, I'm, I, I say, uh, I say, um, I am Isocritus's confidant, Alurius. He certainly told you, Tresco, you forgetful old baboon. <laughs> oh, that's the mean things that Cisco tells me. <laughs> You hurt his feelings. He's um he says, Why you run? Stop. Uh fuck. Um <laughs> I say uh because you burst the door down. I thought you were gonna take my head off. <laughs> Dude, tell tell him Garalad's in trouble and he's Garalad's in trouble. Oh, yeah. There are infiltrators down in the library. Oh, Mm. Garrett, the master in trouble? Is it Cisco? It is. Mm, I knew it. He says, come, you with me. And he yanks his, his prisoner. Um, and uh, and uh, he says, you. And he, he points, like he's basically moving away. And like one of his free arms, he like points back at you. Like in just gestures without looking at you. He goes, you stay. Sure. You, you tell, become Trisk. Trust goes pets tell him, later. Yeah. <clears throat> tell him we'll tell him we'll mind the prisoner. We don't want him to slow him down. Sure, get sure. there, get there fast. Okay, uh, so he he stomps off, dragging his prisoner. Doosh, doosh, doosh. Wow, I did not and, expect that to work. <laughs> and, as, as you guys are turning around, the, as you guys are turning around the corner, he actually comes back around and he he pokes his head back around and he goes, "Sorry about door." And he like moves off. <laughs> oh, I, I this guy we, gotta, we gotta free this guy from uh, 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 the evil, the evil grip of mind. Uh, uh, oh my god! Know, manipulation. Uh, we, just start, right. we might have just started World War Monkey War. Then we're like, like. <laughs> awesome. okay. I mean, I would love for that rivalry to plan out. But yes, so, okay. Well, so you continue booking, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, uh, with that out of the way, you are uh, there is an open entrance now into the main parts of the, of the thing but that that aside you're basically left to your own devices you have not seen hide nor hair of any packs of baboons or cisco or anything like that so they do appear he, he does appear to have rallied at least most of the ones that were in the in the uh the the, the uh, um ugh, close area around you and gone up to the laboratory so you make your way back to the pyramid um yep. and you wick your way plunge up it. plunge it john i'll hold hands now, this is the first time that you've actually used the plunger on this end, right? So you're oh, pulling no. out that rod. random. 60, so it's going to take... Uh, well, you were running, too, so I would actually say only one turn has passed since you entered into the room because you are running as fast as you possibly can. Um, I'll, and... I'll give the, the hooded lantern back to... Uh, uh... Uh, Elizabeth, so because my hands are full, so she can light it back up. Gotcha. Uh, yes. Do I have your lantern down? I don't think I do, actually. I mean, I was carrying it, but I I had to stow it to carry the ball. So, right. That's kind of this a moment of truth, guys. Here's where we find out if we go back to Goblinville or if we end up in some other rando part. <laughs> okay, so who's putting the plunger in? Me. I'm okay. plunger boss. Gorand, are you doing it the exact same way that you did on the other end? Yes. Push okay. down. Uh, you do it. That's a great question, though. We should remember. 
because of the way that I engaged with it the last time at the other end. You pulled it and you ended up in some interdimensional pocket. But there may there may be something within this pyramid as well worth looking at that we could hide in, but we will probably get in trouble doing that. So let's come back to it later. But that's good to think about. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. So you you run up the top. There's the lapis lazuli uh, platform on top, the, the small little uh, triangle, um, and you guys are all sort of arrayed down from Gorand. Um, and so you arrange yourself the same way as you did before. Gorand is like, you ready? Ready. And he puts the plunger in. Of course, he's still quiet. Um, and, uh, you all wink out of existence. Uh, when you reappear a moments later, a little bit of a disconcerting thing as you, as you teleport and you, uh, find yourself standing atop a triangular platform, this time surrounded by green mist all around you. Um, and you realize that you are back in the debouchement level. Oh, however, now our rod is back in monkey town, right? Like that one is gone, right, John? Yeah, it doesn't come yes. with us. No, it does not come with you. Should we take this one with us? Interesting. Oh we yeah, does it? If we can. Does it detach? I mean, if no, we look at pulling, if we look this, to... yeah, like Sorry, the same ahead. way that the that we attach the other one, can we reverse engineer that to take this off without like pulling it and doing weird stuff to it? I'm sorry. Give me a second. I had a little hiccup there with Albert. If we had been maybe a little bit less free with our invisibilities or whatever, I mean, everything worked out the way it should have. But I'm just like, one of us could go through invisible silence, go back to Monkey Town, grab the plunger, and then make their way out through the other staircase. I mean, they'd probably die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know. Okay, so. Uh, let me just I got a clip back. that'll redo it, Mike. So I will definitely do that next time around if you want to. We can do it in about ten minutes when we come back here, <laughs> if we live. Let me just get my I'm just getting my key up here. Give me a second. Um, all right. So this room is unlit as well, right? Uh, but you're you're at the very top of the pyramid. Once again, um, you've got the frescoes. Uh, but that are obscured by the green mist. Um, actually, the, you're not surrounded by it. It actually comes up like three feet from the floor. So it is, it's actually mm-hmm. kind of like a sea of mist that's kind of below you um, at the same time. Um, okay, so you, uh, let's see, where are you on this map here? Yes, indeed. Okay. So you're like, whoo, huh, whoa, all right, cool. Um, uh and you're you're back on this level. You you can hear um, actually the moment that you kind of assess that that you're ba- back on this level again, uh, and you kind of get your senses around you. Um, everything seems normal in the room as far as a, p- a pyramid underground with green mist uh, <laughs> speaks of normal. Um, but yeah. the, what you immediately hear, however, um, is you could hear excited goblin chattering coming from the east out of the room. <laughs> they found the staircase. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, these guys are, you know, they're, they're still our pals. They're still our friends. We just got them uh, good and drunk just uh, 20 minutes ago, right? Uh, well, 30 minutes ago, whatever. Um, I, why don't we just uh, go back east the way that we came? I mean, we, we could cut north through the, the catacombs, but uh, 
Oh, there might be trouble up there. Yeah, let's, yeah we're let's carrying go. a lot of stuff, dude. Yeah. Let's get out of here. You can also, um, in the interspersed with the goblin chattering, you can also hear the two vying magic mouths actually doing their, their speeches. Oh, okay, so they're in they're that, they're right in that hallway. There. Yeah. Um, all right, so. I'm going to say a turn went by getting up the pyramid and teleporting. I think, I think, uh, is the silence still up? Or are we, we, we call it, calling it's, silence it's, off? It's or? still up. Do you want to drop it, Matt? I, it, Matt? I, if I can, I don't know if dropping things works the same way in this edition that it does in others. It's not like concentration. Is it the way it's worded? It sounds like it just, uh, yeah, that's goes. a good question, actually. I don't know. If Dur- can... Duration is 12 turns. Yeah, I think it just lasts. Um, I think it just lasts unless it's something that you have to, it says that you actively keep up. So I think you're stuck with it. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, I, I, think uh, continually, yeah. I continually make stinky farts standing next to people and then walk away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think what, what I'll say is you guys are carrying a giant shiny disco ball and I'm carrying an enormous sack of loot. Uh, Perhaps I can gesture to our retainers to sort of create a obfuscating mass around us as much as they might be able to. Does that make sense? Where yeah, like they get it. Yeah. they'll be in front yeah. and kind of behind. So when we're walking, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, we're not like really broadcasting the situation, at least unless they're Snoopy. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. do that. I and mean, then let's see what happens. So there's a large amount of yeah. you. Like, I mean, uh, you know, it Mort's in the NPC cloud, but uh, technically there's actually like 10 of you who are all marching out of here um, as you come down. Uh, So, yeah, so they kind of encircle uh, you guys. Uh, It's not perfect. Obviously, any sort of of deep inspection would give it it up. But um, We could also throw a cloak over the mirror ball. Why don't you? Okay. Do it. Okay. Um, And you march out, uh, out of the room. And you can see immediately that there are three, um, there are three goblins. They are situated um, right at that, uh, is that a mirror there? Let me check. I think those are the mouths. No, that's those, actually those two No, no, no. Arches. So there's, there's a door. Um, so in between, they are situated in between the two mouths and there is a, um, door that's in between them. Actually, I think, uh, I think Ted's, uh, little guy got moved here. Whoop, whoop. There we go. Um, uh, right at that door, there are three goblins and they are hovering over the prone form of a fourth. Okay. Um, and they, they are, they look to be a little bit like in, in the, the mouths are like speaking their, their battle of words, right. At the same time. And you can see that they're sort of frustrated both by the noise and by what they're looking at. They kind of turn around and they're like, Oh, it's you. And they, um, and they're hovering over and you can see like uh, the form that's, there is actually like a long wooden thing that is actually like rising out of the belly of one of these goblins. Oh. So I, it's obvious that he is, um, and there's like a pool of blood that's sort of trickling out from underneath him. Is the, is the goblin definitely dead? It appears that way. Yeah. Um, but it looks like he just recently died and they're like, Oh no, they're like holding their heads and like, and you can see like they're breathing heavily. Right. Um, and they all have their weapons out and, uh, and they're just sort of like bemoaning the fact of like what just happened. They're like, Oh, that was, it was trapped. Oh, God. it's gotta be those guys. Those damn beast men are, uh, friends, what the what what happened here? Uh, oh my gosh, we were gone for like ten minutes, and what? We were we were we went south through the door. 
south, through a long passageway to the south, and it opened up, and there was a trap, a trap, and we opened the door. It sprang. We thought a barricade of debris. We knew it was the beastmen. We knew it was them. But when we stepped in, spears from out of nowhere just went right into into Mortimer, not Mortimer. That's a horrible name. <laughs> Gobbliano J. Mortimus. Yeah. Uh, well, let 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 me take a look, and I'll I'll, I'll go down, and uh, I'll look at him, and uh, uh, if he if he really does seem dead, I will say, I'm sorry. If if you had only you know brought him to me a little bit sooner, maybe there was something I could do. Uh, I thought you were going to do the McCoy line. This is your chance. <laughs> He's dead, dead Jim. Jim. He's dead, Jim. <laughs> Which he is. Well, I don't, I don't know the goblin's name, so. Is uh, that Jim? Well, <laughs> well, Jim is definitely the one who was bemoaning the fact that his buddy uh, was dead. Um, oh, I, I, I am sorry, Jim. Your friend <laughs> is not going to make it. Uh, and he's like, no. Oh. And he says, we, we, who knew that they were this close? We have to tell. We have to tell the boss. We have to tell Killick. We must tell Killick. And they don't bring word to the king. And the beastmen are right there. They're right there. They must have fortified. Was it recent? We don't know. You should bar the door, friends. That way they don't come looking for you. They know you're here now. It's you know, good advice. It's good advice. Give us a second, though. It just happened. It just happened. <laughs> I have my sympathies as I walk past with my giant back. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm that's so I'm oh god, I'm crying inside. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a them problem, not a not an us problem. <laughs> did you not did you not hear us crying out whenever we were retreating from here? Where where were you? Oh, we were Magic. in uh, the western catacombs. The many, oh. many deep in the in the mist, yeah, very, very, very dangerous in there. Very dangerous. Don't go. Foul undead in those alcoves. Mm, we know about that. Look, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, look what it did to our friend. And I, I, um, I, I, I try to make noise. <laughs> okay. So, Jim, try, try, uh, when you say that you came from the catacombs, like Jim, he kind of, he like kind of looks up from his friend and he looks over at you, and he comes right up to you on where, and he kind of peers up at you like defiant with his like hands on his hips and his like you know his, his spear in his hand, and he's like. Catacombs are north. That door there, and he points to the north door. You did not come through that door. Mm, you're very observant, John. <laughs> Why you lie? Why you lie to Jim? <laughs> yeah, David, why did you lie? The best thing that could possibly happen is that the goblins go into Plunger Town and start a war with the monkeys. That would be like the best thing ever. <laughs> um uh I, I say my friend i was trying to protect you from the truth do you want to know the truth jim is a truth seeker you tell jim <laughs> the truth <laughs> i like jim jim is the best <laughs> um oh my god yeah uh, put you on the spot that's right on we're <laughs> <laughs> well we were in you know the other room you know, the one we came out from. Uh, the room with the well, mist. With the pointy, yeah, with the triangle. Yes, well, the, the mm. mists have a... Um, do you know the word aphrodisiac, my friend? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> mm, Feel-good juice. They have, it has, they have a feel-good <laughs> effect when you inhale them in large quantities, my friend. One day you'll know. And uh, me and my friends were... Uh, well, we were gallivanting in the nude, uh, in the mists. 
They're all like, uh, <laughs> you should try it sometimes. I highly recommend it. But I didn't want to embarrass you. I know goblins are very progressive, but you know. <laughs> all the retainers are like looking at you like, too. They're like, <laughs> uh, they're like mm -mm. will it bring, bring Ernie back to life? Uh, I'm afraid not. I don't think don't so. Not that feel good. So, yeah. Not that feel good, no. Mm. Okay, we watch. We watch you. Mm -hmm. be, you be careful, beastmen. To we the will. south. To the south. Like I said, get iron stakes or something of the like, my friend. I think it would help protect you from them. He says, we or maybe a large, hot, heavy cauldron or something to just bar the way. Those are good ideas. They are highly <laughs> organized. Highly organized. They're traps. They know what they're doing. Mm. Not uh, as intelligent as goblins, though. No, of course not. Not as intelligent as that one. And he, he, he points to Mort. More like that. More like that kind. And he points to Mort. Imperial wearing that... Same gear, same uh, gear as that. And he point he points to Avaricio like that, like that. Mm -hmm. mm. Because the goblins are all dressed in like old imperial armor, right? Uh Mort is, but these guys aren't. No, no, I'm sorry, not the goblins. I meant the beastmen. The beastmen are, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, correct. Um Yeah. Well, my so, friends, we'll bring whiskey uh when we come back. It's always a joy. I'm sorry for your friend, but we will drink to his valiance uh next time. Uh, and it's, they, they, they say thank you and they're like they kind of quietly and sadly start to drag the body back um, up that uh, northeastern passageway um, and they uh, as they go Jim says you want more feel good juice more feel good juice down east you hear any 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 it's like you can can you hear them hear them they having fun they having fun while the rest of us die mm, I ring their necks I throttle them um, and you can hear actually um, beyond the sound of the magic mouths uh, you can hear in uh, down the eastern corridor, which you have been down. Mm -hmm. You can hear the sound of frolicking goblins, like goblins definitely having fun, um, and they appear to be having fun in like like a swimming pool of sorts. Like you can hear splashing. I was wondering about that because there's green mist in there too. Ooh. So they're in the well that we saw. Yeah, the one that we didn't have time to investigate because we were yeah. um, focused. And we mm. still don't have time because we are mm -hmm. still focused. <laughs> what do you do? Uh, up, up that, uh, yeah, up that hallway to the uh, to what's it, the northeast? Okay, so you don't you don't investigate down to the east. Uh, oh, to watch that, the that, goblins swim. I'm just checking. Nope. not yet, not yet John. We okay. let the goblins have their have their fun. Let's go. Okay, so uh, you with that that encounter took a turn. Um, then moving slowly up the passageway, uh, Gorn, once again, you're still silent and emanating 15 feet around you. Um, and thusly the entire party is basically silent because you want to be, uh, hidden basically like, right. Like you're carrying the ball. Yeah. Just saying that to myself to get myself around it. And so, um, as you move up the corridor and you get to that intersection, you know, that here was the point where you actually saw goblins fuck fucking around with that, uh, baboon fresco, right? Mm -hmm. Those mm -hmm. goblins are no longer there. However, they're, um, the baboon fresco itself there, uh, you remember how they kind of pointed out like it was, it was the eyes, right? Mm -hmm. They were saying. So between the eyes, there's actually something new that has been written, scrawled in, in like charcoal, like between the eyes. And it says G O G Gog. Ah, 
Okay. Gog was the guy down in the uh, in the uh, uh, chasm, right? Uh, didn't well, like when, when we were flying around and doing our stuff? Didn't we hear we talked like oh, a voice yeah. down there? Before I, I got a nice so. little buzz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. is this a stairwell down to that area, which might be? And we heard the whole rumors. Wasn't he like a troll or something? Like that? Or mm-hmm. something? Did we not make the assumption that he was the part troll of the troll market? Yeah. Yeah, good recall, guys. Nicely done. Uh, well, Matt. Well done, Matt. Uh, you guys, uh, so going up that corridor and invest in, in checking out that boon real quick to also took a turn as well. Um, and you make your way back into the main room, right? I, I guess. Yeah. Unless you want to fuck around with that? No, we're leaving. Let us, let us not fuck around. Let's uh, just find out what's at the top of these stairs. Okay, so um, as you move up the northern corridor that then goes into the Daybooth room, um, you can see immediately, even before you enter the room, that something's different in this room, too. It takes you a moment to realize that the, that what they've done is they've actually set up a number of braziers here that are uh, that are merrily lit that are actually close and uh, set around the statue so instead of the statue being dark from only having the the torches along the walls that, that enshrouded mm. the statue itself in darkness now it is um, completely illuminated in all of its glory it's 15 foot tall glory in the middle of the room um so it looks like they have um uh yeah they've kind of basically set up like really good light so this this entire large room now is completely well lit um, and uh, and quite warm actually now too. I said it last time. I'll say it again. Love the goblins. Kind of kind of folk I want to hang out with. <laughs> Much better than those goblins, right? They glam up the place. It's warm. They're merrymaking. Exactly. I like these guys. Yeah, yeah. I'm in. Um, they have uh, obviously. Actually, the, you would have seen this the first time you came back down again. That they removed like the stain of um, what was that? Uh, uh, was it a vet? Is that her name? A greet. Can't remember Huge. whoever the body was that uh, of Dalton's darling got dragged away, um, but everything's been cleaned up, right? Um, in general, uh, they haven't set out any plants or anything like that, but <laughs> you know, it's looking pretty. <laughs> it's looking pretty good. Um, uh, but you do see that there is something going on here. However, um, as you're making your way around the statue to get back to uh, to the um, stairways up the pyramid that there are four goblins here and they are actually dragging three blackened goblin corpses away from the north side of the statue which is the side where that is that that faces you you know what i mean like like it's it, like the statue is facing mm-hmm. north um, is that the side with the little box indeed like the, yes yeah. and there you can see that there are uh black scorch marks that are everywhere within 25 feet of that statue in front of it that all seem to be like around that box. And they're just, they're just sort of like, sadly, like, like this is basically, you're getting the feeling that like goblins sort of live and die at the same, like they're just okay with it. Like they don't want to die, but you know, like death is just kind of part of life, you know? So like, they're just, there's another scene of goblins dragging corpses away. You know what I mean? And they're just, and they're just like, oh, and then you're just like dragging these, uh, these uh, three bodies away and they are completely black and like husks, you know? Like after the Joker, like class that guy with the funny button, you know what I mean? Like in the first Batman, you know, like that's what they yeah. look like. They're like just husks and um, just dragging their way. And they're like smoking, like, you know. Just and to it, clarify, is there any sense of uh, a source of char of that char? No. Like yeah, a the chest. Or it, it seems to be. Itself, not so the it, it looks to be. Uh, it, it's not like something. Uh, so you're looking at like the scorch marks on the ground, right? 
as they're dragging the way. They just sort of look at you and they sort of they sort of wave at you. They're like, "Mm." Um, and and they're like, don't mind us. uh, (laughs) Bad day. Mm." Um, And they they kind of point to the box. You know what I mean? They're like, "Mm." and they uh, and they uh, and you can see that the box is open. Okay. There, when you look at the scorch marks, it does not look like it was like a cone effect, like something radiated out from the box or from the statue, right? It's you know what I mean. Like it's not like like a spread on the ground. It looks like something uh, like sourceless, like it's just like black scorch marks, like just like like twenty five feet around the front of the statue. Can I look above us real quick at the ceiling and just make sure I don't see anything above us that might have? You not. You see whiffs of smoke. Wafting up from the from the residue. And I just it. picture them as like those sad Ewoks after his friend gets like shot by the ATST. Sits down next to him. Way to bring us down, um, Mike. Way to bring us down. down. I guess Wars. I'm gonna walk yeah. just outside of the silence cone so I can say things that are heard. But uh, once we start ascending the stairs, I just want to say it seems like our friends are testing the boundaries of this floor pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, if we have any interests here, we might want to pursue them soon than before they have i i agree i think we need to I, i'm just mouthing this because i'm still close to gordon <laughs> um but yeah i give the thumbs up uh john what position are these are the arms of the statue i'm they just have, curious uh, they have not changed so whatever the default was which i believe was at their side okay yeah. and you say the box is open now was it uh previously closed last was, time we came it down previously closed it's a stone box and the lid okay. has been has, has been but it's on hinges and the lid has been flipped open. Okay. And there's nothing in the box. Do you look in the box? Yeah. What's in the box? What's in the <laughs> box? Uh, so you can see that there is something that is black blackened and scorched that is inside the box itself. The what's interesting is that the interior of so what's obviously unnatural is that there's black scorch marks all around the box. The box itself is in pristine condition. Nothing has touched the box. However, the item that is inside the box is also blackened, but the interior of the box shows no sign of having gotten that same amount of heat. All right. Mm. What, uh, do you pull out or, or get closer to the what's in there? Or no? I don't know. That, that seems... Uh... That seems maybe like more risk than we want right now. However, guys, what what I think is, is that when that box was opened and it was exposed to air, the thing inside is what caused the scorching, right? Well, like why don't was, why the, why don't we ask then? What happened? What happened, guys? You're I mean, in a tone of silence. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I can point ask. Them, the what, what happened, guys? <laughs> they, Before they walk away, they uh, they, they we found symbol disc. We put it, it had a alligator on it. Oh, and we said, probably gift for Thoth. Yeah, alligator. Mm-hmm. And we put it in, put it in, and black flame from out of the sky. Kill all of us. We leap. We we survive, but not these guys. Oh. Mm. Right. Black for flame sounds to me like flame strike, right? Like there was some sort of like magical spell. Sorry, don't don't want to meta, but you know, like black flame sounds like it was like some sort of set tight curse on this whole thing, right? Maybe. Is it no well, idea? So you you the fact that it was a disc with an alligator on it should tell you something. Yeah, that's the symbol of set, right? Like set is alligators, right? Yeah. And then this so is a statue wrong, of this is a statue of thought, thought. Right? Yeah. 
So they yeah. put the wrong the wrong disc, the wrong god in this thing, and then you know triggered something bad. Um, can I poke the uh, object in the middle with my spear? Sure. You're holding you're holding the disc. Sorry, sorry to be obnoxious. Are we giving the disco ball to someone else because you both are still carrying the disco ball? Yeah. Are you gonna? Should we give them to the retainers, or yeah, just we should know, especially if we're going up up top with yep. them? Let's. Yost can take my share of the uh, disco yeah. ball. Okay. Right. Or Atticus, but he might get bits of himself on it. Okay. So you uh, you poke it a little bit, and um, it it moves around like it clangs a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, right. And it's a, it does appear to be like a small like holy symbol of some sort, but it's it's basically been scorched beyond recognition. But it is like a disc, uh, a, a a disc shape like about this big. Gotcha. You, know, you like, like that the, thing like, out of there? Like the Raiders of the Lost Ark thing. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, but the, you said the metal is melted, or is it just obscured by ash? Uh, it's not melted, but it's been scorched heavily. So it's yeah, it's um, it's it's is tough it, to make out like the alligator symbol on it. You can when you're looking for it, you can kind of see it, but it's it's heavily blackened. Gotcha. All right. I'm okay leaving it, dude. You can go in and get it if you want. But I'm gonna get 25 feet away from the statue before yeah. you get it. <laughs> <laughs> Onweir, Onweir is on the stairs currently with their little sack going, have fun, you guys. <laughs> uh, you know what, you know what? Let's, let's stay true to our mission. Let's get up. Get up the stairs. We get can back come up. back and catch on fire next time we come down. That's right. Yeah, yeah we're going to we do that. We should literally come right back down here after we drop our shit off. Go up, have a rest, come right back down. I thought you were planning the plan, the stated plan, was to go through uh, Galton's entrance, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, we're still right, we're right. still coming back down, but we're you. going down that way. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. Um, the um, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, the I just confirmed the statue's arms are at its side, uh, Matt. Oh, they're, they're down. Okay, they, they're down. And that yeah. was the same place that they were when we came down. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they haven't been messing with the arms. All right. All right, guys. Let's go up the stairs. Let's, let's hit the let's, end. Let's... Okay. So you're like, are we almost out of here? And you're like, we think we are. And you're like, you're, you're so expecting to be like gouged for money <laughs> at this point, but you're not <laughs> thanks to your own actions. Um, and you are free. They don't even seem to, they don't come out and greet you this time or anything like that, or talk to you. They're just sort of dragging their bodies away. And, um, and you just smoothly right, move right back up the, the stairs. These, are the, these guys are great. I love these guys love so them. much. I'm bringing whiskey every time. Whiskey's heals all wounds, right? Yeah, there you, you know. go. Exactly. Uh, the, Lysion's blessings. You can't do better. The investigation of the statue and talking to the goblins, that also took a turn. At that moment, so like when you're about to actually start to go back up the steps is the moment when um, Avaricio... Oh, no. I don't know. I have that marked down. That's right. You would have actually had to have Yost not become blind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, right. that, he would, we would have done that. He would have dropped uh, it. Yeah. You know, back. Yeah. 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 Okay, so um, a little bit less than halfway up the pyramid steps you suddenly st finally actually hear each other on um, the footsteps as you as super you. awkward john because i was right in the middle of a really loud fart when oh that it's happened. so embarrassing <laughs> yeah, those trapped just, trapped narrow hallways crop dusting the uh, staircase yeah. behind me yeah you just you just hear like yo slip give out like a, oh jeez. <laughs> why I'm something so, died i'm so glad i'm the goblin's retainer and not his <laughs> um and uh you make your way all the way back up and so that takes a, another um uh six turns so that was nine ten eleven so at the point you arrive at the very top of the pyramid um that was wait, wait, nine ten eleven it is 11 a.m um as you come out the top 
And you it's have... a good morning's work, boys. It is indeed. Yeah. Woo. yeah. Okay, now uh, let's try and get back to the end before we get eaten by a dragon. Time to get my second cup of coffee, you know? Yeah. <laughs> second oh, breakfast is right. time. Getting back to the end should nothing happen. Uh, I'm so glad I actually made this post on Discord because I refer to it all the time. Um, pyramid to in, you're moving at 60. Um, it's going to take you five turns going by the direct route, uh, which I assume you're doing, right? Going on the Imperial Boulevard, mm -hmm. right? Okay. Yeah, uh, in fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask uh, uh, y'all if he can carry the ball for me. So I can. It's, it's been a little awkward doing it with the hook. So Yeah, so Njal uh, can uh, strap his sword is he working what's, yeah. what's he what's he wielding these days the axe the, the axe the, the, ruin, uh, the ruiner uh, uh the one um, that remembers the blood of the oh, last that's, thing you that's y'all i'm sorry i was thinking of yost um you want y'all to carry the ball yeah yeah, yeah, yost. yeah i think y'all could actually what's y'all strength is pretty pretty decent, uh yeah right? he's really strong uh y'all's strength is a 17 17 oh he can carry it by himself okay so he's he, yeah, he just it just turtles it yeah 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 so um uh, yeah, exactly. He just puts on. He's like, oh, "Does he I recognize it?" it? Uh, Does he recognize it? Good question. Actually. Have you seen this? Um, yeah, he's, he's like, uh, "Yeah, that's uh, the, well, that's the one that I told you that I saw, kind of sitting there in the corner. I assume that's the same one you pulled out of that library." Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, they never they it, never it, paid it no mind. It looked like it was just some sort of ancient relic that they didn't give a shit about. But do you think did did they ever talk about? Did they take it apart, or what? Do you think it was apart when they uh, uh, when they came down there? Well, I I wouldn't know. They just never seemed to pay attention to it. it I mean, I but guess as long as you as long as you were there, it was uh, in peace. As long as I was there, yeah. I mean, I I, I don't want to uh, prognosticate or anything like that. I couldn't tell you, but hmm. I mean, it's like they could have, uh, you know, if they didn't want the thing, they probably could have easily have destroyed it, or maybe it's magical and they couldn't. I don't know. They kept it there for a reason, though. Um, anyways, so, uh, but he lugs it back. It's very, very, very heavy. And, uh, and you make your way off the Pirillo Boulevard, nice, bright, sunny day. Um, the guards sort of wave you forward. Once again, each one of the in staff guards is also accompanied by a member of the wine dark cohort. Um, and, uh, they, they all recognize you and greet you. And you can see that they are like, usually they were a little bit bored up there. Right. But now they're like extra vigilant, like they're watching mm -hmm. everything. Like you actually see them put their hands on their weapons when they actually spot moving figures, which is you guys moving, moving up the boulevard. Um, and they really um, they actually uh, I should actually say that they actually like knock an arrow and wait for you to actually like come into focus, like where they can really actually see who you are. Yeah, David. I'm going to remove Isocritus's robes before we enter into the visibility of any other human beings. So uh, okay. yeah, going sure. back to like my regular look now that we're not in the dungeon. Sure thing. Okay, cool. They're um, probably all bloody and nasty anyway. It's fine. <laughs> it's a little blood, a scrub out. I just don't want to be walking around looking like him. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think. Yet. <laughs> anyway, sorry. If if I'm thinking correctly, I think Onwear would be the only one that actually looks like the worst for wear, right? Like the only one that would be spattered with blood, right? <laughs> And that was somebody else's. I don't think any of us took any damage, did we? I don't think so. No one got hurt. I don't, not on this delve. I don't think so, yeah. Um, yeah, so you're looking good. Like, you're looking okay. And there's, like, a lot of you. There's, like, ten of you as you kind of come out triumphantly. And it's, like, um, the one thing that you cannot hide, even with being surrounded by the retainers, is the fact that you guys are loaded. Like, you came out with stuff. 
right? Like, a, like you're, you're, you know, and y'all's like, you know, as you're moving, moving past and onwards. How, how big, how big does the bag get? I mean, I know it takes, when you put stuff in it, it takes two hands. Yeah. But it's still only one bag. It's not like we're like, dragging, no, it doesn't, it like doesn't grow in size. You're bag. right. But it is a large sack size. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, it's just that it, the moment that there's something in it, it looks like a full sack. Okay. You know what I mean? That's right. uh, yeah. Um, so one, one, one bag and one one disco ball. Yeah, yeah, it's mod, so the disco modest. ball has a cloth over it, correct? Because I I don't want it to be shining around in the sunlight here. Yeah, we just have right. a cloth on it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so you make your way back to the end of the broken head, and uh, let me just check something real quick. Don't mind me. <laughs> okay. Um, and you make your way back. Uh, and let's see the. What did I say? Five turns? Yeah. So another hour. So at noon, basically about noon when you get back. When you get back to the inn, um, you can see that the inn staff in the Wine Dark cohort are uh, reinforcing the door, the main door to the inn with iron bands, and they are boarding up the windows at the same time. Um, you do see that there are a number of uh, carts with uh, goods and wares hanging from them that have been uh, set up in the um, courtyard. A number of new horses and things like that that the groomsmen are taking care of, and you see that uh, that there are a group of what appear to be merchants of some sort that are sort of uh, huddling together. They are sort of being, um, uh, what's the word, um, frisked by the wine dark cohort. Like they're being like looked at like really carefully to make sure that they they are who they are, say they are, sort of thing. And they look a little bit put out, you know what I mean, as they get marched into the inn at the same time. Um, they just humans, or are they goblins, mm-hmm. or what, what humans? They're all okay. humans, yeah. Um, and they all look to be um, Arkantian or Thorkin assimilated Arkantians. You know what I mean? Like they're, you know, they're wearing Arkantian clothes, but they're Thorkin eth- ethnically, you know. Um, at, at a quick at a quick glance, what what kinds of things do the, the do these carts seem to be uh, uh, holding? So it's mostly, you know, for meta, meta purposes, it's like if you want to go shopping for basic gear, you can get it here. Okay. You know? cool. okay. Uh, however, prices will probably be exorbitant. Mm-hmm. Um so, uh, in you go into the inn. Uh, Kronos and Estelle uh, greet you, but they seem to be very, very distracted. Um, uh, both of them seem to be even more paranoid than they were before. They seem to be very um, uh, hands-on with the boarding up of the inn, right? And there's like a, hu- a lot of hustle and bustle of just sort of making the place more defensible, right? right. Um, you can hear Kronos actually whisper, uh, talking to Estelle about maybe even... They may think it's like a pie in the sky, like they may not have the labor or the money for it, but they're actually thinking about like building a palisade around the inn sort of thing, that sort of thing. And they're like, and Cronus is like, oh. um, he's like, but the sooner you can get down to Golsterwick and talk to them, the better probably. So we can get to all this behind us. Or I'm afraid, my love, that we're going to have to pack up and go. I just don't know if this is all worth it. Um, and, you know, he's just not looking like his jolly self. Um uh, but at least we've got the business, um, as you can see. And as uh, the merchants, you kind of file in with the merchants. At the same time, in the common room, you can see that uh, there are a few Knights of the Azure Shield, which are there, the Popo, um, the merchants, right? The Wine Dark cohort, and then crowded amongst them as well, there appears to be another adventuring party. And, well, uh, I lost Mike, it, by the way. Oh, yeah, I did too. You lost what? Mike is gone. Oh, you he, lost he joined that other party. <laughs> <laughs> do we want to do a quick uh, pee break and mic retrieval? Yes, let's do a quick mic retrieval. We will be right back. 
Okay, we're back from our quick little break. We got Mike back with us. So yeah, so you're in the common room. It's crowded with merchants and um, and work people and the wind art cohort and the Knights of the Azure Shield and blah, blah, blah. And uh, in addition, there's this other party there. They are all bellied up to the bar itself. Um, this is the first time that you've actually seen them. However, you do recognize at least one of them who appears to be the leader based upon the description that the guards have given you in the past and um and what the goblins themselves have seen as well uh the person that draws your attention immediately is a short and stout and a little bit overweight man who has a wide grin and a set of perfectly white teeth um and uh there is a strong odor of like of hair pomod that's kind of wafting off of him Um, but he also has like uh, he's wearing like a bright colorful turban with like dangling chains and jewels on it as well like a bright colorful multicolored turban Um, and he's wearing loose kind of colorful robes and he has like um, uh, kind of curled up uh, uh, slippers you know what I mean like with the points curled up yeah oh cool Uh, yeah yeah. but he's sitting on a stool right go ahead David I'm going to turn to Gorn and say, oh, tacky fashion, this one. <laughs> Doesn't have near the taste of some of us, you know, with uh, much more refined Nefertiti hats and girl shoes. Um, you can see I don't know. that. I think he looks quite dashing. I don't know what you're talking about. Foolish, foolish dwarf. <laughs> you know anything about the high societies. He does have like a lovely looking staff, which is leaned up against the bar. Um, his companions um, are all varying sorts of, um, they're also all look vaguely dashing in some sort of fat, some sort of way. Like they're very clean, you know, sort of thing. Um, but they're a motley crew of adventurers. There's, Two, uh, two large but very different looking, but both equally huge looking uh, male fight, uh, fighter types. Uh, one appears to be Arconti and one appears to be Thorkin. Um, the Thorkin man actually looks like he's like a like a like a farmer rube, basically like right off the farm. Just like he's got that farmer frame, like just built like a you know just done manual labor all of his life, and he has like like an adorable like Prince Valiant um, page boy haircut. Um, sort of shoulder length though um the uh the other one is as large as yost and i'm not joking like big but where yost you know disdains ama because he wants the pecs to show this guy is sort of like like if you picture the movie conan the barbarian where conan is like yost this Mm -hmm. guy is like the um uh is it rexor like the the, the cat, yeah, 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 yeah. Tulsa yeah. Doom's like main right hand mm-hmm. guy, like just as big as Arnold, but like wears a shit ton of armor. You know what I mean? Um, uh, so picture picture Rexor. Um, there is a uh, a halfling, uh, a male halfling, with a head, and there is a <laughs> uh, there is a uh, I think she's armored. Let me just check real quick. Um. Yep, she's wearing chainmail, and uh, she has a uh, uh, she has a raven. She's very severe looking and thin. She has raven hair that's tied into uh, three long tails, um, and she's just sort of like looking down at everybody else, including everyone else in her party, like with uh, just holding like a glass of wine. Um, and then there appears to be a uh, a male wizard of some sort. He has cropped blonde hair. Um, and he has like the the Merlin from Excalibur like metal skull cap, right? The, oh, oh sweet. yeah. Wow. Um, he has um, underneath, so like a, I guess you wouldn't actually see the hair, but um, 
And uh, uh, strangely enough, and what kind of draws your eye to this sort of, and he's sort of off to the side by himself a little bit, like on one end of the, the entire party on the bar, is that he has a tattoo of a skull over one eye, which has healed, like, you know, it has that, like, that weird sort of um, shiny scar tissue. You're, you know how that happens, like, when you have, like, a really massive wound and, like, the new tissue grows and it's almost like, like almost has like a sheen to it, right? So that's mm -hmm. like grown over like where he lost an eye and then he's actually tattooed a skull over that eye. Um, so- oh, uh, okay, he, he's a badass, we like him. Yeah, um, and that guy is, um, he's not wearing any armor, however, but he appears to be wearing like very utilitarian, um, uh, like uh, uh, expeditionary uh, uh, clothes. You know, like I, I wouldn't say like civilian clothes, but he's not wearing armor. It's just like, it's like built to like adventure in, you know what I mean? Sort of thing. Um, you described him as a wizard though. Yes. Or uh, it, 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 it appears to be that way. Yeah. Uh, um, you, you can see, actually see like there's like dangling from like a big, um, fuck off chain, uh, that's attached to two parts of his belt is like a big spell book that's sort of like dangling mm -hmm. off the side, um, mm -hmm. kind of hanging there. Um, Anyways, uh, th this is the group which sort of presents itself uh, uh, to, uh, well, you see their backs anyways, but they all sort of like turn around. Um, and the first guy you see is like the, the the leader guy and he kind of turns around and he's got this big toothy grin. And he um, like all of, all five, all 10 of his fingers all have rings on them. You know what I mean? He's like mm -hmm. kind of short, like little stubby. And he's like, oh, well, hello. I see that we have finally come into contact with which must be the famous AV club. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to die horribly, dude. That's just going to be a problem for you. <laughs> it is so good to see up and coming neophyte adventurers adventure in the end. Well, you're sure to be learning a lot from the five fingers of destiny. And he, he brings up like a left hand and he, he's, and he pulls up his five fingers and he clasps them in like a fist. You know, and you just see like all the other members of the party are just like, oh my god! Like they're all like give like a huge eye roll. He's like, Am I, I hold right? up my one hook, and I'm like, oh, well, you know. <laughs> well, well, I can tell you some ways to avoid such things. Only the most neophyte of adventurers would ever have that happen to them. Oh you no, want... I chose it. It's it's much better. Uh, you know, when you've got one of those itches, it's perfect for it. <laughs> well. It is certainly a pleasure to meet you. Quite a lot of hullabaloo going on here. You'll be happy to know that because of our vast expertise in the halls, that we have come out with a substantial amount of treasure and have bought the entire place around. So help yourself, please. Barkeep. They, they own the inn? No, this is gentlemen. Bought the... We uh, bought... Um, you, wait... What, what's you going on? The, Why is everyone talking? Rooms? <laughs> <laughs> I'm confused. Are they saying they bought the inn? No, they bought everybody around. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, oh that's a, no, <laughs> We thought you okay. bought everything around. <laughs> I was like, how much you'll, money you'll did they get? My yeah. <laughs> you'll forgive my friend. He's quite small in stature, and certain sounds just don't manage to reach him. <laughs> yeah. Well, And our round is awaiting us. It seems as though you expected us and I well, I, I, <laughs> where is that chronos chronos well we can't we can't get good service around these parts anymore um he, and he kind of moves around the bar and he, and he starts to serve serve the beers themselves he's like i'm sure chronos won't mind and he uh he like slings you guys some mails and he goes 
Introductions, introductions. My name is Roger. Roger the Rapier. <laughs> Ew. This is super creepy. <laughs> Why do you turn your nose up like that, dwarf? You should be pleased to meet me, for I am your savior here in the halls. How so? I'm I shall teach you, teach you the ways of adventuring. I, I think that we could help each other, yes? Oh, I think we have some pretty cool areas that we could pass on to you to go explore. Indeed. Oh. We as well. And not just the halls, friends. We have scoured the length and breadth of the above-ground ruins. We have such stories to tell, but they don't come freely. Oh, no. Oh, no. Awesome. Can't wait well, to get from here. Get settled. Get settled. We have business to talk about. Five fingers. And he holds up his hand. He goes, unite. And they all kind of huddle around him. <laughs> And the, 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 the funniest the funniest thing is is like the uh the 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 wizard with the skull tattoo just sort of like shuffles over. He's got a little bit of a limp. Um and you can notice that he's actually the sixth member. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you can hear him under on his breath, he's like five fingers in my ass and he he kind of <laughs> kind of John, they, just to, <clears throat> Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, I'm done. Just to clarify, uh uh Roger though he is donning many robes and uh, bedazzlements, does not appear to us to be a spellcaster as well. Is uh, he a roguish type, or is that a uh, He has a, a very nice-looking staff, yeah. which he has on him, but his robes are voluminous, so you don't know what might be held in them. Is he actually carrying a rapier? Uh, he is not carrying a rapier, no. That's his wit he's describing. Yeah, exactly. Well, he's not, he's, and, and he's got a lot of threw up a little bit in his mouth when he caught on to that. He was like, oh, God. Another one of these types. Am I gonna have, is he gonna have to go to the way of hippopotamus? Because if he needs to, I know a guy. I don't know this. I don't understand this immediate dislike of the five fingers of destiny. I don't know where this is coming from. Uh, uh, I didn't say I didn't say everyone in the five fingers destiny. I just said on we're deeply dislikes anyone he finds mildly threatening in his uh, in vicinity. Like there's only one there's only one gunslinger in town, we'll put it that way. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Um and uh, so yeah. they, you you do see that unlike um unlike the the knights and the merchants and everybody else who's in the thing, the only the uh five fingers are the ones that actually um uh you you know they you make introductions, they actually introduce everybody I'm not gonna give you all the names right now, but um, but throughout that series of introductions, you can see them immediately size up the fact that you're bringing a hall with you. Like mm -hmm. they, you know, your shroud over the ball, that doesn't matter to them. Like they can immediately tell something valuable. They know automatically. Um, they see like the weight that you're carrying on, whereas you're sort of like lugging the sack, you know, that sort of, they don't say anything, you know, but they, but you notice that they noticed, right? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So it's up to you. So you can, uh, at this point, you are now in a safe haven, so okay. we can do some logistics and stuff like that. Um, uh, we, we will do the logistics that will happen, but I don't know. Do, did you want to talk further with them or do anything else role playing wise in the inn, or do you want to just get right to like the uh, the mechanic stuff real quick? I, I love the idea of role playing with them, but I'm very eager to get uh, some of the mechanics out of the way and maybe even start the new delve. That's just me. Okay. 
So uh, here's the deal. So you have, um, there's plenty of merchants. You can basically get within reason anything adventuring gear wise. There is 150% markup on everything. Okay. So uh, so just be aware if you want anything, that's what it's going to cost. Um, you have, uh, uh, here's the deal with what you have. You have a pouch that you got from Isocritus' library, which, was, which had uh, 299 gold in it. Okay. Um, that is all the actual coin that you brought out of there. However, you brought out a number of uh, books of high value, um, which is going to be the bulk of your XP uh, from that. And you also get some XP for um, uh, you, not defeating, but uh, like being able to overcome a number of different monsters um, of, uh, of enemies. So this is the way it broke. I already did all this in advance. So this is the... This is one of the rare times where I actually break down XP on, on air. But uh, the total amount of XP that you have uh, brought out of uh, that delve is 6,469. That comes down to 647 XP per PC, 324 per retainer. Okay. You uh, you would have gotten like a ton more if you didn't have the, the retainers with you. But um but it's still a fair, fair share by my calculations, which I have already done. Um, that should level both Gorand and Onweir. Oh yeah, Gorand. Yes. Uh, Gorand will go up to a dwarf five, uh, which is amazing. Uh, I think uh, only thing that happens with Gorand is that he will gain some hit points. Yep. Onweir, however, uh, raises up to a level four illusionist. Ooh, congratulations! That's there you go, bud. Thank you. Sweet. I think the only major thing is hit points, obviously, but you also get some more spells. Um, maybe he'll actually get to cast some. Uh, yeah. So that gives you an extra, <laughs> that gives you an extra second level spell. So you have two first and two second now. Oh, dude, that's um, awesome. But that does not bring you into the next bracket yet. Uh, you know, magic casting classes, it takes like a long time to get to those brackets, but, um, yeah. And, uh, I believe that you guys had mentioned too, that it would probably the 324 for the retainers, I believe levels Yoast. Um, and I also think it levels Atticus. Atticus Skullface. Yep. Um, and then Lizbeth also, because she was purely a normal human when she went in, because she got a single XP, uh, at least, she gets mm -hmm. a level. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, Matt, why don't you tell everybody what um, what we have discovered about Lizbeth's past? Yeah, so uh, Lizbeth is... Um, uh, she's kind of, you know, she, uh, when we met her, she was just, uh, slinging drinks. Right. But, um, uh, she is actually, um, uh, very, very cool. And, um, she has, uh, kind of, uh, uh, roots in, let me pull up her sheet here. Um, uh, uh, uh she speaks what woldish. So that's, uh, that makes her whiskin, I believe. Is that right? Um, uh, no, I, I, I is actually, right? that, that's actually incorrect. I put the wrong thing. That's, that's actually from Dolmanwood. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. She's probably Thorkin, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Thorkin, I had that wrong. Um, but, um, yeah, she's got like tattoos and she, um, actually has, um, uh, kind of, kind of like this, this nature based, uh, uh, belief. Uh, she's actually a, a, a druid, uh, uh, that she's uh, finally kind of once this uh, adventuring uh, spirit has gotten into her, she's uh, finally coming into her own. And uh, 
Right yeah, on. She's gonna bring some uh, uh, some uh, nature magic down into the uh, down into the dungeon if she goes back down. Cool. Uh, John, I might have lied. I think I um, Atticus Skullface had nineteen hundred XP when you gave him to me. It looks like he needs twenty four hundred to um, level. Oh, okay. Next time, maybe. Well, anyways, he has three hundred twenty four more. Nice. Okay, so um, that's the deal. So we have uh, a lot of stuff to go over here, but all pretty cool stuff. So um, do you want to do the books first or do you want to do the spellbook stuff first in scrolls, David? Prior, prior to that, the 299 gold was in the ornate purse. Yeah. What was in the small bag? I don't know. Because we had a purse and a small bag. There two oh, oh, that bags. was marbles, a bag of marbles. There's marbles in there. Yeah. Sweet. Oh, that's good. I, I lost my bag earlier. I, I lost my marbles. marbles. As far as we know, mundane or very obviously mundane marbles. Is this like a... It appears to be the case, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not beads of force. That would be awesome. Yeah. All right, uh, John. The only bookkeeping thing I have to do then is to roll my new hit points. Okay, give me a second. And take your time. I lost my owl bear anyway. Okay, I'm ready. Um, uh, go to somebody else. I lost my owl bear. <laughs> no, wait, there okay, it is. I found it. I found it. I roll a d8, right? Uh, One yeah. d8 for the dwarf. Roll that bad boy. Three more hit points. I'll take All right. it. Cool. Uh, and David, do you want to roll your hit points? I should do that. I'm rolling a very meaty D4. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's see how that pans out for me. Oh, three. Hey I'm at three. I'm at a, a hefty nine HP now, gang. That's, nice. uh, <laughs> That's almost almost double digits. Yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting up there. Um, cool. Uh, and then yeah, we have a lot of spellbook stuff to get through. Can we do the spellbook first, maybe? Yeah, sure, yeah. Okay. So we have my spellbook, Trestes, Isocrituses, I mm-hmm. believe. Yep. And then I also never looked at, although that that's back in Gosswick, so Never mind. I'll look at the other ones later. So those are those for now are what are on my person. Okay. So here's the deal: you have to, you have to sleep the night, mm-hmm. and then study. The read magic spell, then cast the read magic spell in order to sure. then translate the books. Do you understand? And you would totally. have to cast one instance of read magic for every different spell book. Well, maybe that's actually not true. I don't think that's true. Uh, let me check here real quick. Um, magic user spells, read magic, cipher magic with scriptures runes. It lasts for one turn. Okay, so you could read anything during one turn, but I would say that at le- you know every spellbook would be at least one turn. So you would have to cast it like three times um, uh, to right. So wait, is that three spellbooks? No, there's two spellbooks, right? Trestes and Isis. Yeah, I have Trestes, I have Isis. For what it's worth, though, we don't have to do it now. I also have a scroll case filled with scrolls, but I think we should do that another time. Yeah, so, so I also have all the scroll info as well if you want it. But each okay. one of those would also take a read magic. Right. Uh, actually, the scroll, days. the scrolls actually would you would be able to decipher. You would be able to decipher all the scrolls with one casting of read magic. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Mike. Can he uh, memorize read magic in a second level spell slot? No, but he can. He can use his first level spell slots to memorize as many as he wants. But that's two, right? It's two. So you want so to do, do both books. books? 
I'll do both some other looks. Um, prior to going to bed, do we want to look at, I mean, just for bookkeeping's sake, do we want to uh, look at the other books since it doesn't require me going to sleep first? Would you guys like to know what those are before sure. I sleep? It doesn't really yeah, matter. Like... Okay, oh. sorry, sorry to divert us, John. The other but... books, eh? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, sit back and relax. Easy listening. Uh-huh. Uh, -huh. uh all right. So what I'm going to do, uh, each now, as you, as guys, as the audience out there, and probably all of you guys have realized by now, um, it's not just sort of like a book is, has a title, right? Like not in this, not in this one, there's like full details of like every single one. Um, I, uh, and as you might know as well, this is not sort of like a Skyrim thing where it's sort of like you get books and then you're just like, I'm done with, you know, like, okay, book, I'll sell it. Cause I want the money. This, um, uh, the, the, the contents of the books almost always, um, if you think laterally about the contents, will almost always be able to apply somehow, if you're creative, to the game itself. You understand what I'm saying? So even though they're just couched in like just fluff, right? You never know. What, and it, it, my point being is you want to pay attention, right? Um, now, there are 13 of these things. Um, I am not going to go through all of them right now, but I am going to give you the titles. Um, and then what I think what I'll probably do is I'll give you the full details on the discord off screen and maybe actually put up the full details on the website. Maybe I'm not really sure though, that it actually might be like a copyright thing. I'm not really sure. Um, anyways, but we'll get to it. I'm not, my point being is right now, I'm not going to go through all the contents. You have these books, the lies of the noble founders, Arden and Vool. Uh, you have the, this one, uh, this is one of the, this is probably the most valuable book with actually the most, uh, the most kind of hilarious name, but it, um, it is the most valuable by far. Uh, it's called The Value of Mud. I got a book. <laughs> yep. It's by Herodian the Blessed. There's a folio, an illustrated codex um, the, called The Twelve Labors of Arden. This is a classic. Um, there's th uh, three separate copies of the Canticle of Revelation that, that counts as one book. Um, there is a copy of the Practical Lit Liturgies of Lord Thoth. Um, there's a treatise on the care and keeping of baboons. Ooh. Who knows why? Um, there is a Jeremiah entitled The Notes on the Followers of the Arch uh, of the Archtrader Priscus Pulcher with Suggestions for Their Destruction. Um uh, yeah, definitely gonna have to get these from you on Discord later. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm falling behind. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just reading them out. All right. That's all. Yeah, uh, no, there, go. You're there's good. a rare copy copy of Summoning from the Beyond. Summoning from Beyond is also one of the very, very uh, uh, extremely valuable books. Um, there is an illuminated two volume set of the Tales of Laryl One Eye. Ooh, uh, a worn copy. Of the Song of Jacinth the Rose. There's a moth eaten edition of Thoth in all his forms, and uh, a copy of the Sorceress Properties of Gems. And then, lastly, there is the book that Isocritus had open on his desk that he was pointing out and, uh, and uh, uh, signing to Garalad about. Mm -hmm. And that book is the Deeds of Marius Tricotor. And that's the one that I'm going to talk about. Ooh. Awesome. Uh, because that is the one that uh, you guys remember clearly was the one that um, Isocrates was getting all excited about 
This is a um, a, a codex. It's about uh, 10 inches by 8 inches, about 5 inches thick. It is weighs about 7 pounds. It is purple, has purple leather binding embossed with a yellow Archon seal, like the seal of the Archon of Ardenvul on it as well. Um, and it is written by uh, Lucius Cornelius Scriptor, okay, which is clearly indicated as being the personal biographer of the Archon and uh, conqueror Marius Tricotor. Okay, this is uh, uh, it's a extremely famous text. It's, it provides a full account of the character and public career of the great Archontian military, uh, the great Archontian military Archon known as Marius Tricotor. Um, it describes his arrival in Ardenvul as Archon, his careful strategic planning. Um, it, this is all in Mithric, by the way, so this is only something that um, that uh, Onward would be able to translate. Uh, uh, it lauds his common touch, including his decision to live among and in the style of the ordinary legionaries that he commanded. Um, it praises his rejection of every form of gift offered by the great temples, who he considered to be venal and corrupt. Um, it records the laments of his servants at his unwillingness to wear formal court attire. Um, and it notes, and this is where it gets especially interesting to you, it notes his um, possession of the famed four elements of the lost regalia Ooh. of the Archon. Um, uh, uh, and it, at length, it describes his campaigns through the lower halls and his wars against what is commonly referred to in the text, which is a contemporary text, right? At the time, it was written at the time, right? This was his mm -hmm. personal biographer who was with him in the halls through the lower halls is warring against what is known as the amphibians. Um, and it's either called the amphibians or the hoppers. Mm. That's what they're commonly referred to. There were the images of those dudes in that one room in the hall of heroes. Not just that, but in the hidden pyramid, it was a hopper like uh, thing. And we also saw the tunnel that was dug out that appeared to perhaps mm -hmm. lead to mm -hmm. some hopper thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That room showed people fighting frogs. Indeed. Mm -hmm. So separate from the description of the lost regalia, which immediately piques your instance, there are two things that he was commonly known to wear that is also described in here. Um, it is the armor and the sword of Marius. Um, the armor is described as being, um, uh, because it was worn by him, it's considered to be almost holy because of how much reverence it's held. It's, you know, but once again, this is something that is not written like looking backwards in time at it's a, it, This is a man who was so great, so beloved that his legend preceded him, you know, at the time, you know what I mean? Was, this is how great this man was, according to Lucius. Um, uh, anyways, his armor is, was, a, was battered legionary armor, plain, unadorned, just like his men. Um, but it was, uh, it was, you could tell, you knew it was his because it had numerous scorch marks across the chest that, that had worn away. Dragon fighter. Um, <laughs> um, and, and his sword was a roaming gladius, that was wrapped in red linen, but he always kept it in a simple wooden sheath, unadorned wooden sheath. He's a man of the people. Um, and, uh, but then it goes on to describe what are the uh, four pieces of the, of the arc of the uh, regalia of the archons, which he wore with reluctance 
but was basically foisted upon him by his men as his rightful due as the Archon of Ardenvul. Now, you have heard these names, but you get actual information about this. And you can tell that there is there is hurried scribbling in the margins. As you can see, Isocritus was like visibly excited to, to read this stuff, right? And you know, mm -hmm. because you talked to Eusebia, that this was what he was looking for, right? So there were the four items, the Ebon Spear, the Iron Circlet of Ganor, the bone ring of Yagranaz, and what was known only to you at that time as the tablet. However, I'll go over this one first. This one actually has um, more described about it. Um, it's known as the tablet of the beacon. All right. Um, and there is no indication of where they are now, but there is descriptions of what these things are. Okay. The tablet of the beacon is a, apparently a... Uh, Actually, we'll save that one for the last, for reasons. Okay. The, the Ebon Spear, okay, was once wielded by Arden herself, who is a, basically a, a figure out of legend. Um, it has an ebony shaft with a mithril tip, and it was dedicated to the goddess Wajet, who is the, the, the old Archontean goddess of war. All right. That's the Ebon Spear. Uh, it's, it was handed down from Arden through the lines all the way down to... So Marius Tricotor. Um, the Iron Circlet of Ganor is a crown made out of black iron with a huge black opal in the front. Um, it enhances the awe-inspiring presence of the wearer and provides the means to monitor the far-flung corners of the Empire through the eyes and ears of its subjects. Um, the Bone Ring of Yagranaz is large. It actually has to be worn on the thumb. It has numerous phalanges of fingers and toes that are mounted vertically on a silver band all the way around. Um, and it's supposed to, so it's a very kind of gruesome looking thing. Uh, it provides numerous protections against all manner of assault. And lastly, there's the tablet of the beacon, which is described in kind of, uh, like, uh, almost mysterious tones in the writings by Lucius, as if he, he himself doesn't quite know what to make out of it. You get the impression that it was about a 12 inch by nine inch oval, like an oblong oval. Of, of a strange, durable, white material with two glass panels, buttons, and two knobbed small rods extending from the surface. <laughs> rods, you say? Yes. <laughs> it sounds like spaceship tech to me, my friend. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, I think our Hall of Heroes and spaceship uh, areas will be very valuable with these books. In addition, um, um, you see that uh, what Isocritus was excited about at that moment when he was talking to Garelad was a particular passage, uh, which was describing a Thothian teleportation ring. And uh, let me just check my map here real quick. Sorry. You want to put right. that up yep. for us, too? I'm afraid not. Uh, <laughs> I try my... So yeah, we'll help you find it. So there is there is a passage in the in a book in the book that reads this. This is the exact quote from it. It says, "Those who wish to find solace in Lady Clementia's asylum, and thereby cleanse themselves ere they enter the Imperator's presence, heed well this sequence of colors." Okay, and then there is a sequence that's written. Not the you know, there's not actually in colors, right? It's all written, you know, in ink. Mm -hmm. But um, but it it has this sequence. It says B L, G R, B K, W H, R E, Y E. All right. 
Um, and then in the margins, handwritten by Isocritus in a hurried scrawl, uh, it says, Tricotor, it says, Tricotor's wife, find the tiles, question G's prisoners about location of T-ring, likely jump right to MT's tomb. We're going back to Plungertown, y'all. <laughs> Man, <laughs> if only we could ask Isocritus what he meant by all that. That would be amazing. Yeah, that uh, would have been uh, a uh, I think I I figured I mean the the colors are very obvious you know blue green black white red and yellow is the sequence sure. of colors. Uh, find the tiles. Question G's prisoners. The teleportation likely goes straight to the tomb. Is what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Tricot tri he says Tricotor's wife. Find the tiles. Question G's prisoners about the location of T ring. Likely jump right to MT's tomb. Interesting. Who's Tricor? Tricotor, Marius Tricotor. Oh, oh, oh! Tricotor's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. wife, right? Well, in the book, does it does it say what her what her name is? Sorry, Mike. No, you're good. So, yeah, yes, it does. It, her name was Lady Clementia. Was her name? Oh, and that was find solace in Lady Clementia's. Yeah. Those who wish to find solace in Lady Clementia's asylum and thereby cleanse themselves ere they enter the Imperator's presence. <sighs> Heed well this sequence of colors. Mm. Um, so the uh, and then in addition, uh, like there's all talking about like like his campaigns through the halls and all that kind of stuff. Um, there is some uh, just a couple of dates um, that might be worth noting is that in um, it is currently and I always forget this. Um, it is the year twenty nine ninety three right now. Okay, so just keep that in mind. Uh, in ten forty three. Um, the uh, what's referred to uh, it, it it's interesting here you can make the association based upon what you've heard that the term here is uh, something that has fallen out of use but the term here is they call the varumani the varumani in 1043 submit to the archon it's noted okay um, you have a feeling here because they refer to the varumani as being ruled by people uh, by someone that they call the thane that this is probably uh, uh, the the older name, the old, older Archontian name, perhaps for what are known now known as trolls. Um, mm. Submit to the Archon in in ten fifty one. So what is that? That's a what is that? Uh, <laughs> math eight years later. Um, uh, tri it says Tricotor defeats the amphibians beyond the bottom of the great chasm, driving them from their fetid ziggurat. You. That's good to know. There's a ziggurat down there. We and didn't we hear about? Well, maybe not. There was. A, I'm getting confused yeah. with the rumor of the three temples on the three levels. Hmm. Okay. So uh, just, a, just a quick aside. We have the blue tile, by the way. I have the my I have the blue tile on my person. So yeah, one we of, found that yeah. one of the color tiles we own, and that's the blue one. Um. We also know that one teleportation circle lies near the royal or in the palace, right? Where Fargo died. Yep. Mm -hmm. And one and one is in the secret mosaic room in oh. Okay. You also we kind of hurried over it because you we were we were going towards the assault for the scouring. Um, when you went into Dalton's entrance, you actually to get to the stair the spiral stairs that led down to the debouchement, you hopped over another teleportation ring. 
Oh, right. I, su- I suspect, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know for certain, but uh, if it's sequenced, different sequences of, of tile presses presumably would take us to different places. And this is the sequence that would take us to his tomb. Is what it sounds like. Um, I don't know if we need a specific uh, uh, circle to do so in, but maybe not. All right, that's that's awesome. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I have so, a question, John, if you're done mm-hmm. with that description. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's what you find from that book, yeah. Uh, I, I, this is maybe a bookmark more than an answerable question right now, guys, but we know from Laryl's gear, this is me being real conspiratorial. Let me put the Onweir's favorite tinfoil hat on. Mm-hmm. Uh, that much of its magical properties were hidden behind illusion magic that disguised its quality as being mm-hmm. beaten up. And though it may be incidental, John made the point of saying we had both a moth eaten copy of Thoth and all his forms and a worn copy of the Song of Jass and the Rose. They may just be beat up books, but <laughs> if any of these books in the library were to contain further information that we might reveal through some sort of illusion we might want to investigate it well even if the various forms of thought is exactly what it sounds like it might be clues on how to configure the statue it's just you know yeah and all of these i should say like i I have descriptions for all of these they're nowhere near as in-depth as the deeds of marius tricotor but Mm -hmm. all of these um, should be relayed um and i should definitely um uh, let the audience know as well because it's all interesting stuff. Um, we are unfortunately at time, so we will not be able to get to sure. the um, the the really juicy stuff, which is um, all the all the sweet spell books and all that kind of stuff. Spells. But, uh, but we'll pick that up next time. Um, as Can't wait. Yeah, and anyway, so uh, David has to do everything in his power <laughs> to be to be at the next session because it's it's going to be a very onweir centered episode um, because we're going to see onweir in all of his majestic uh, uh, spell learning glory. Um, which will be if I Venmo, yeah, if I Venmo you a uh, hundred dollars, can you go ahead and give me another level before then? <laughs> <laughs> you got that third level, don't you? We haven't even seen you cast a second level spell yet, so I'm just excited. About I that. know for real. I, yeah. I mean, the, the plan here is just to hoard the books and never use them, right? Like Onweir is not going to start casting spells now. I hope you all know that. <laughs> you just start building a bookshelf. That's all. Really. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we'll pick that up with awesome. um with uh we'll do a whole we'll do a book club next session. It'll be great. Um, Perfect. yeah, so that was, that was super fun guys. Uh, we will pick it up next time. So thank you everyone in the audience for, uh, for being patient with us. Sorry, we had the vacation and we had the technical hiccup, but this is summer. This is summer in three days down the line. It's just, it is what it is. Um, so it's a little bit spotty during the summer, but, uh, we're awesome to get back. In the, we're very happy to be back in the saddle again. So don't forget that you've been watching 3d6 down the line. Please don't forget to like, and subscribe, uh, spread the word, hit that bell icon, do what you can to get the word out. Uh, uh, we are criminally underwatched, so make it happen out there, folks. <laughs> uh, and uh, everyone, enjoy your weekend. We will see you next time, everybody. Have a great night. Take care. Bye. See you, guys. Thank you, John. Thanks, John. Thanks, John.